Sucks with a nice touch in front of him. Sucks. Sandoval on the right foot, and it's through! Devin Sandoval, welcome home! Oh, what a goal for New Mexico! And man, that one was in the back of the net if it wasn't for the beauty of Cody Mizell. For Sandoval! Black stays down, New Mexico United go up! Ball played inside the box, Ryden back stick! Kalen Ryden finds the opening goal of the match! Coming to you from the Borellis Podcasters Guild. Space to deliver, back post, nodded back in, Sandoval is there, so is Hamilton, loose in front, it's Brainer! What a hit! This is United Sessions with your hosts, David Carl and Lucas Cash. Monday, February 22nd, 2021, a day that we are definitely going to scratch in the history books of New Mexico United. Thank you for joining us for the inaugural episode of United Sessions. I'm Lucas Cash. I work in the front office as a director of administration. My amazing co-host uh, is one David Carl, who serves as our director of communications, director of fan experience. You know him from CurseCast. You know him from all of the work he did with the curse as the, the first president there. Dave, am I the only one that's just like over the moon excited about this project we're putting together? I'm pumped. This is fun. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I, I'm surprised that I'm getting paid to do this uh, because I used to do it for free. Uh, so this is pretty cool. Uh, Peter Trevisani is giving me money to hang out on a podcast, uh, talk about the team that I love and talk about the state that I love. So I'm, I'm pretty thrilled. Yeah, I'm good. The, the long con paid off for you. You're like, if only I will put in just a ridiculous amount of free labor <laughs> at a complete sunken cost, maybe one day I can recoup a portion of that um, on the company dime. So yeah, Dave, I think I, if I if I do this for like another 10 years, maybe I'll, I'll be back to breaking even. You can, you can make up for year one. Um, so you and I have talked about this for a long time, right? We've had this one incubating uh, for, for a couple months now, and we've, we've kicked back a bunch of ideas, and we've, we've talked about a bunch of different formats. And a lot of the stuff that's at the heart of this show is not necessarily something we can capture in social media captioning. It's not something that we can put on a graphic. It's something that yeah. really does require that you're here um, to, to let us unpack it a little bit. And so Dave, uh, just just kind of start with those those initial conversations and how we got to the sort of fo final formation of the production. Yeah, I think selfishly, Lucas, you and I are both podcast pe people like to listen to podcasts. Uh, and we both like to listen to podcasts about soccer, podcasts about sports, podcasts about community, podcasts about all kinds of things. And we figured, all right, well, let's do this fun thing that is all of those in one. Let's talk about the soccer team we love. Let's talk about the community that we love um, and, you know, make it fun for, for people who want to tune in. So th th those conversations started a while back. Um, and then we thought, all right, like it can be something that's fun to think about and talk about, but let's actually go ahead and make it happen. And uh, you know, we have, a lot of great support in the front office. Uh, the cool graphics that you see behind us uh, weren't done by Lucas or I because we don't have that kind of talent. Uh, but, you know, Ray and Josh in the front office uh, hooking us up as always. And we've got support from fans and, and we're, it's a, it's a community thing. And this conversation, what's going to happen on this podcast week in and week out is going to be very rarely soccer specific. I, and yeah, and I think that's going to be the key to this. Yes, we love soccer. Yes, we're a part of a community organization that uses soccer as the vehicle to to advance that mission. But this family and this community became about so much more than soccer very, very early on. And I think what we saw very early on 
is that conversation is everything to this community, whether that's conversations at tailgates, whether that's conversations while you're waiting uh, to get into the match, whether that's conversations with your coworkers, you know, after a particularly great win or a particularly devastating loss. And, and it's just become this thing that talking about the United lifestyle, not just the soccer team, this includes artists, this includes amazing chefs. I mean, as I told you off air, we're United sessions. If we don't have a live concert on here, we have failed miserably. <laughs> um, now, having said all of that, our first episode is incredibly soccer specific, uh, but it's soccer specific in the sense that we're going to have some conversations uh, with some fantastic legends. Starting with the first one we're going to bring in right now, he has been a supporter of everything United has done from the media landscape from day one. Initial uh, guest on the Curse Cast, uh, initial interview for me on the YouTube channel. Troy Lesane, uh, New Mexico United Media really does not exist apart from you how are you doing and thank you for being a part of our first episode man i'm doing great buddy and and you know the pleasure is all mine and uh i'm just excited to see where this episode is going to go what a tremendous first guest that we have and uh that's the legend that's for sure that you're not talking to anybody legendary right now in my thought <laughs> it's the one that's coming on I agree to disagree <laughs> yeah, I, I heavily disagree. And I will say you you have just transferred a little bit of your legendary power into a new realm. Father of a of a beautiful baby hey. girl. How's that treating you, coach? It's amazing, buddy. And uh, you know, there's definitely some some sleepless nights that I've I've uh you know incurred over the last few months, but she's almost five months old, Miss Drew Marie. And uh man, I like the talks of of uh you know these rumors about an NWSL team because I have a feeling that Drew, whether she likes it or not, is probably going to be in the game. So she she doesn't have much of a choice given your intensity and your wife's just unbelievable, incredible athletic prowess. Like, yeah, she's she's really got the the makings of a of a of a good superstar there. Um, just just one quick question before we transition into a break: more grueling, more grinding, playing an entire season of professional soccer on the road, or being a new dad? I mean, without a doubt hands down being a new dad is the most difficult thing that I've undertaken in, in my, you know, 37 years of life. So, uh, yeah, man, but we're worth every second. Um, especially whenever she gives you a little smile, like she just did. So that, that's and, all you need in this world. Troy, um, Troy, the, the guests that we're going to bring on, uh, you kind of got us the hookup for this. And we're going to talk about that a little bit after the break. Uh, but how, I want to talk a little bit. How, how did you come to know Mr. Kyle Martino? Yeah, you know, Kyle and I sparked a great relationship through a college roommate of mine. So at the College of Charleston, I was a freshman and a senior really took me under his, his wing in West Martino. And uh, and so West Martino's youngest brother, uh, he, he, there are four brothers in the family in total. Kyle's the youngest brother. And uh, and so I through Wes, I got to know Kyle. And obviously the soccer circles are very small. Um, Kyle was making a huge name for himself in the college game. Uh, he was a junior when I was a freshman. And he was a, a really, really standout player for University of Virginia. And so he always came to Charleston to visit us. And um, he ended up turning pro early. So he was just always someone that I aspired to, to be in the game. And I never came close. Uh, so I got into coaching as a result. And we stayed connected because the game, you know, the game uh, is, is beautiful that way from the standpoint that it just brings people together. 
And uh, we, we've continued the conversation and, you know, the conversation is, is what we're going to talk about some today. I know you're going to bring it up, but um, where Kyle's gone in his career is now making an impact beyond just playing and beyond uh, being a commentator. It's now in the community. And that's something that is close to our hearts here in New Mexico. And, and Kyle, we're going to get him out to New Mexico, um, not only on this podcast, but out in, in, uh, in our state here soon. Absolutely. So before we get to that and please, please, please stick around. This is a, a gentleman that has for a long time had a great voice in the American soccer landscape. So you definitely want to hear from Kyle. Before we get to that, we just have to do a little bit of housekeeping and we'll try and fly through this as quickly as possible. We are a very proud member of the Borellas Podcasters Guild. If you have not been keeping up with what that organization is doing, please do give them a follow on all social media. They are not only producing amazing content, they're giving a platform for new people who do want to produce content. So let's support New Mexico Voices. Let's support New Mexico initiatives like that. Any more information that you need on that, any of your main social channels, just look up Borellas Podcasters Guild. Yeah. And if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, we've got a lot of really cool segments and things that we're going to be doing from uh, episode to episode. Uh, you can send an email to info at newmexicoutd.com. Uh, lots of cool sponsorship opportunities on that. Also, uh, shameless plug, once we get this on all of the podcast hosting sites, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, all that kind of stuff, subscribe, rate, review, give us a little five-star rating, helps us get out there and lets more people see what we're doing. Uh, we, it's going to take us a few days to get on those platforms, but we're working on it. Uh, we got to do that for the first one. And then, if you get a chance, uh, we are not the only New Mexico United podcast in this family. There is also... It's almost super, baby. Somo Super Podcast uh, with host Manny Esquivel. Uh, if you're looking for Spanish language coverage of New Mexico United, awesome interviews, uh, awesome guests. Manny has you covered. Somo Super Podcast every Thursday night. They go live on these channels just like we do. Fantastic. Well, that's all the housekeeping for now. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side, Kyle Martino. For her. para ellos. For them. For all of us. For our families, we stay home. For our communities, we keep our distance. For our state and our fellow New Mexicans, we wear our masks. As New Mexicans, we're no strangers to hardship. Anytime something is put in our way, we prove that we can overcome it. The sacrifices that we make today will create a better tomorrow for all of New Mexico. Somos Unidos. Welcome back to United Sessions, the first ever episode. We only get a chance to do a first episode once, and we definitely wanted to make sure we did it right. And so, of course, we brought in someone who's way more qualified than either myself or Dave, and that, that's Coach Troy Lesane. Troy, you, you kind of took your gaffer hat off for this one and, and put on your guest booker hat and and really helped us out with a, with a big name and someone who's kind of legendary in the soccer scene. Uh, before we bring on that guest, just talk a little bit about your history with him and, and why you were able to do this huge favor for us. Yeah, well, um, legendary is exactly right, and always has been a legend in my eyes. I was a freshman at the College of Charleston, and there was this long-haired uh, junior at University of Virginia that 
I idolized in a lot of ways with the way that he played the game, um, knew that he was going to be a, a top pro player. And uh, we had a great connection through one of my college roommates who is his older brother in West Martino. Um, so uh, we got to be connected through that connection um, and, and uh, love, you know, the relationship that we've built over the last 20 plus years. And he's someone that is, is not only a phenomenal ambassador of the game, um, but had a, an unbelievable playing career. Again, one that I tried to model myself after and, and failed miserably. Um, and then, you know, everything that he's doing off the field after a phenomenal broadcasting career is really special. And um, like you said, if we're going to do the show, we got to do it right. And what a guest to have on today and Tom Martino. Yep. Couldn't set it up any better than that. Let's welcome into the show, former U.S. Men's National Team player, former broadcaster, founder of the Over Under Initiative, Mr. Kyle Martino. Kyle, thank you for taking some time to join us. How are you doing? I was crying backstage. Was just, <laughs> it, was, it was too beautiful. Troy, very nice words. It was only the hair that he really liked. Everything else, he was kind of like, meh. Speaking of hair, I mean, the, the top row here compared to the bottom row here, as far as follicles to forehead, it's a bad ratio for us. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely on the you bad guys end are of that. You day. guys are good at other things. <laughs> we have no idea what they are yet, but, but we appreciate that. Thank you. We'll get there. So, uh, Kyle, before. It was just a couple of days ago, and, and I don't think for. Um, it's, uh, it might look good. It hurts a lot. Um, but I just, 40 is great when, especially when you have kids and, um, they, they see you through, um, they just think you're New York and this is what they sent to me for my, for my birthday, um, <laughs> Statue of Liberty, uh, a hot dog, an apple, a slice of pizza, uh, and a donut. What more could you ask for? And that, that fully encapsulates her father right there. That makes <laughs> me miss the East coast, <laughs> but thank so you. So, Kyle, you were uh, in high school, you were a Gatorade Player of the Year, ACC Player of the Year when you were at Virginia, picked up an MLS Rookie of the Year honor, and you're the first official guest on United Sessions. So out of those honors, which do you consider to be the highest, and why is it being the first guest on United Sessions? Yeah, so there's only one right answer. Well, yeah, because um, there's no one uh, that can beat me in this one, right? I mean, so it's not even debatable. I, I, am, I am the first guest. But for, you know, some for all people of history, probably thought of- I should have been Gatorade Player of the Year or Rookie of the Year. And and Brad Davis, we can have that debate any day you want, buddy. Uh, no. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I would say of um, uh, my second place would be uh, would be the Gatorade um, Player of the Year simply because, um, you know, the, the list of of other athletes, you know, and you see, especially when you think of like Michael Jordan and like what, what Gator outside of just pouring sugar down your throat, what Gatorade meant um, when you were, when you were younger, I idolized Jordan so much. I remember I had, um, or my brother, Matt had a poster of the, um, you know, his arms stretched out where he's palming the ball in his, in, in, in the basement. And, you know, it must be the shoes came out with the Spike Lee commercial and all that stuff. And I played a lot of basketball when I uh, when I was little. And um, and then my dad one day said, look at me. Do you think it's going to work out well for you in this uh, <laughs> basketball world? Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a 5'10 white dude that can't touch the glass on a layup. So, um, yeah, I mean, that was a that was a cool award to win. That felt cool. Well, so, okay. Awesome. so uh, speaking of that, um, you know, we talk about, you know, honors and things you're proud of 
you did a lot of stuff on the pitch too. I mean, you won an open cup, you won a supporter shield. I mean, you played for the U.S. national team. What if you had to if you had to pick one of them? Take one of those, one of any on the field thing that you felt most proud of that meant the most to you and still means the most to you. Can you pick one? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's you know, it's not an, an award and or a trophy in the way that uh, most people would look at it. But but the first cap I got uh, with the U.S. team, the first time I. I got to put on the shirt and um, go out there and represent, you know, my country. I remember RFK Stadium, and uh, I even remember like coming into the game and being like the most nervous I've ever been in my life until I connected the first pass to Landon and was like, "Okay, this, this is going to be terrible." I, I at least did one thing that could be registered in history as a, a soccer thing on a field for the U.S. Um, that was, yeah, that was a pretty magical moment. How different does that feel to go out there with the U.S. badge on as opposed to, you know, the crew or as opposed to the Galaxy? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it definitely feels different. And, you know, there's better versions of both, right? I could say, you know, the, the crew and, and the Galaxy and some of the things we've been through because you're in it day in and day out. And, you know, you guys will relate to this. It, it's it's your like that's your family. And um you know the national the national teams like your, your in laws. Your, you know, it's like th- this is something that you don't you don't spend a lot of time with these people, and it sometimes it's amazing, and sometimes it's like, oh my god, I can't believe how bad I was in this camp. But um, but yeah, I mean the the national team. When I looked around my first camp and saw Claudio Reyna and and saw um, Brian McBride and and John O'Brien and and you know. Friedel and these when these guys that I like celebrated that I idolized, they were, you know, were were having the same like dry chicken and pasta that I was eating, <laughs> and I had to be better than um, enough of them to even be in the eighteen to to play that game. It was like it's just a real surreal experience to be thrown in with your heroes and very quickly have to be like, this is no big deal. Yeah. That's how I felt coming to the front office and having to work with Lucas Cash. <laughs> I, I I did my best to welcome you in and, and take off the air of intimidation. It's it's something that sort of naturally emanates out of me, so I really do have to dial it back. It's the shirt. I, I, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think Troy probably experienced that as well when he came in for his first interview. He's looking across the table at our, our CEO and our CFO, but the one that probably gave him more pause than anything was the digital media manager, just with that glowering stare. And the, I mean, the enticing well, you question. just, I mean, through editing, you have the ability to make someone an idiot or a hero. I mean, right, right away. So. I can't wait to edit this episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. That whole making me look like a hero thing, Dave, let's make that happen. Yeah. Uh, Kyle, we, we at least have to put on the airs that, that we know things about soccer and that, that this is a soccer related podcast. So, so let me ask you, from the time you were playing to the time you were analyzing and, and the game today, what are the evolutions in the game that you've seen? It, that could be in terms of style of play. That can be in, in ter- types of personnel people are using. How have you really seen the game change in your time since being a big part of it? Um, I'll, gi- I'll give you two interesting ones um, <laughs> that, that the arc of it has been a long time. But the attacking fullback thing has just been wild to watch. You know, Cafu and some of these guys, like, back in the day were were these, like, unicorns out on the field. And mostly it's just because every Brazilian was a striker and some of them have to play defender. So they just had to pick some of them. But um, 
you know, back in the day, like that position was obviously much more hard-nosed and pragmatic. And, you know, Lee Dixon tells jokes about playing for Arsenal not being allowed across midfield. Um, it's been crazy to watch, like, how important that role is. And I would say they're related in some way. The, the, the death of the number 10, um, which in some ways is why my career did, did uh, materialize the way uh, I would have hoped, which is like at some point you can't carry around someone with long hair that can do cool things with the ball. <laughs> you got to be able to do some, some other things as well. And like, you know, I think Cristiano Ronaldo is one of, of many modern players that fully like put a dagger in this idea of a number 10 and that like you, you, you have to, in the modern game, bring so much more than your ability to switch on in an attacking sense when everyone else does a good job of making sure that <laughs> your team doesn't get scored on. Do you think the fact that Lee Dixon wasn't allowed past the half line, but now Hector Bellerin only goes past the half line is why Lee Dixon is such a jerk to Arsenal fans? And no, I'm not bitter as an Arsenal fan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Oh, Arsenal fans. It's so funny. Like now that I'm not on air anymore, um, I, I, I miss certain delusional fan bases that you just have to love. And I, I would say Arsenal are definitely up there in the like, Arsenal fans are like a parent on the playground whose kid is misbehaving. Like you wouldn't believe like biting everyone, like scratching everyone, like eating feces off the ground. And, and, and the second you as another parent on the playground decide to point any of these things out, all of a sudden, none of those things are bad. And that parent can't see any of them anymore. Yeah. And they're like, what are you talking about? My kid's perfect. You just hate kids. And it's like, no, I don't hate Arsenal, but you guys, you guys aren't very good. So that's how it was. That's how it was when, when Gunnar Soros was announced. Everybody hated Gunnar Soros. All the Arsenal fans were like, what is this thing? And then when the rest of the world saw Gunnar Source and said, what the hell is this thing? Gunnar, Arsenal fans were like, no, 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 no. You can't, you can't say that about our Gunnar Source. It's the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For those of you uh, just tuning in, you've joined us on Arsenal Sessions. I'm sorry, <laughs> yeah. United Sessions. Here with David Carl, my co-host, uh, legendary Kyle Martino, and uh, the equally legendary Troy Lissane. Troy, do you have anything for Kyle you want to ask here? Well, I mean, two things. One, to comment on when Kyle was coming up as a player uh and and to the point he just made kyle do you feel like would you would what error if, if you could have your skill set and your the type of style of play that you brought to the game um if you could choose when you came into the professional game would it have been the same time would it have been five years later would it have been 10 years later um because i'd like to comment on what i saw then and now where the game evolved um, you know, it's really, that's a really interesting question, Troy. I got this debate the other day with some former players. Um, and, you know, you're, you're really careful not to sound like the old, like, washed-up chip-on-your-shoulder pro. Um, and, but I'm going to probably sound like that anyway. The, the, um, the debate was, we have so many kids that are playing in the Champions League and are, are, are playing with big clubs abroad. And the, and the easy... Um, conclusion you can come to is like this era is just so much better than 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 the past and i think that that um that is a shortcut to thinking and wrong in many ways and what you have to like realize is um 
you know, each generation does a great job of setting up the next. And so I'll, I'll just anecdotally say I had a chance to go to Benfica after a good performance at the Toulon tournament. And it's a, you know, big, a big uh, under 18 national team tournament. And I think like Dirk Cout and Jibel Cisse and like all, all these players that ended up at big clubs, we were all the, the same kind of 1981 year. And this was like a big coming out party and, and signing big deals for players all across the world. But for Americans, like none of us played pro and none of us went pro after that. It was like, will this get me to UVA or will this get me to UNC or, or Stanford? And so um, the scout who is the head scout for Benfica came up to my mom and, and Troy's met my mom. So he's just going to laugh so hard when he thinks about my mom talking to the head scout for Benfica. And they like hounded her for like the weekend trying to see if they could sign me to come to Benfica. I didn't find out about this until like halfway through preseason at UVA. And she was like, oh, ben there was a club Benica or something that like, you know, really wanted to sign you. Um, and so I say that as like a funny kind of debate on the path to get to the, to the, you know, international stage, the path to get to these clubs, you know, going the route that Pulisic and, and now um, Gio Reyna have gone that really wasn't an option for, yeah. for players in my time. You, 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 you weren't able to go and circumvent the hard permit situation of, in my day, you had to start for the national team every friggin' game in order to go abroad. Now it's like you have a good youth tournament and, and, and you're right on the cusp of the first team of a big club. So it's like, of course, I, this modern day, I would do anything to be able to be a part of this run where, um, young American players enjoy the the reality of an open market where 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 scouts and clubs are looking for Americans in ways they weren't in the past. Yeah, I mean, two things about that. Uh, one, I think if it would have been Ralph Martino who was approached instead of Marianne, <laughs> deal would have been done. Deal would have been done. Uh, Ralph is Kyle's dad, obviously, and he is a, a top top businessman. And then two, um, you know, I I told Lucas and David your game to me would have translated so much better um, in, in 2010 to 2015, roughly, as the game started to evolve to, you know, Pep Guardiola's fingerprints on shaping how, how the game should be played in, in a lot of people's minds versus 03, 04, 05, 06, Mourinho, and it's pragmatic, and it's, you know, we're looking for the Makalele of, of a center midfielder um, and, and a two-way Frank Lampard. And your, your skill set was just so much more creative and – I think that, that that's now appreciated that much more. And I, and I also think, to your point, Kyle, that the the work you guys did um, and the next generation did towards setting all these players up to be looked at by scouts and clubs overseas uh, is it, tremendous. But then you had to change the minds of those, those scouts and those clubs overseas, and, and they're now seeing the value in an American player. Probably the value is, is for them, you know, quite affordable um, comparatively, which is also the reason so many are going overseas and getting that chance. But yeah, man, it would be, it's an interesting conversation always. I mean, um, thanks, dude. I appreciate that. And like, here's the thing. None of us are saying that Weston McKinney and, and Gio Reyna are incredible. I mean, these guys, these guys are fully deserving of the remarkable path they've paved for themselves. Um, it's through talents, through hard work. It's through some of the good changes we've made to the, to the landscape. Um, some of them, some of them um, are are despite some of the things we've done to the landscape, but um, 
I think of the fact that I played in a 4-4-2 next to Pablo Mastrani or Claudio Reyna or um, or Chris Armas and uh, was was asked to uh, to basically be near my own 18 a lot more than I was the other 18. And I think, yeah, it would have been nice to be in a 4-3-3, tearing up the wings and, and enjoying life today. That's for sure. I right. want to switch switch gears here a little bit. Um, moving kind of to the broadcasting side of things. You go to NBC Sports. You're there with the Robbies and Rebecca. When you get there, what are you hoping to bring more so than, you know, kind of, I guess, trying to fit that dynamic? It's 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 different. You know, you have people who have for, who are former players. You have people who are just experts on the sport. You have people uh, who are great interviewers. What was that like, and, and what was the dynamic you're trying to bring in there? Well, um, what I was trying to bring uh, created a, a pretty big pressure on me initially, which is an American perspective. You know, um, I think I give NBC so much credit that they looked at an American voice that didn't play in the Premier League. And, you know, most if you look at how most broadcasts are, are, are constructed based on the talent choices they make, you know, they they tend to try to go for the biggest possible name you can. And if they're good on TV, it's kind of like I hope that's actually the case as well. Um, so I, I give NBC a lot of credit that they chose, um, you know, content and, and insight and work ethic and, and an authentic voice, um, over what they could have done, which is just go and go and grab some big Premier League name that, um, is either living here or not and, and throw them on air. And I think, um, what I just want, what I wanted to make sure I was able to do is just speak for the, the, the vast landscape of um, you know varying levels of IQ of soccer based on different different times of of getting interested and involved in it right someone that's grown up and has loved it forever to someone that just kind of got got this buzz uh, um, recently I wanted to find a way not to alienate anyone on that spectrum but speak in a way where they said like um, yeah that that's us like I, I, we feel that way or we see it that way. Is Arlo White as cool as he seems? I mean, that voice. I mean, I just, I, I so many times have asked if he'll do my, my, uh, my message machine and my voicemail and, you know, my, my alarm when I wake, wake up. I mean, if I had that voice, life would be going so much better for me. <laughs> so in 2018, Kyle, you step away from the Pro League mornings, the broadcasting side of everything, to sort of focus on this run at the U.S. Soccer Federation presidency. What was your platform, and, and, and had you been named president, what would you have wanted to accomplish in that role? Um, yeah, the, the platform, man, it's, it's wild to think back. That was a wild experience and, um, I do it over again, but whew, that there were things that, that really terrified me once I was able to pull the curtain back and see what the architecture of the game looks like behind the scenes. And like, I'd say the platform was about, you know, truly building, um, a, a, a bottom up strategy for the game you know tr trying to you know these these words get thrown out of grassroots and all these other things but really um, trying to build a culture of access enjoyment and sports equity that the benefit that u.s soccer was going to enjoy is keeping great athletes and great characters in the game longer than we were based on the hyper specialization and high cost that was generated from a from a top-down approach where, where the investment and, and the insight and the innovation never reached the, the parts of our country that are densely popul populated with the type of kids that make great soccer players. Um, so, you know, I, 
it was really ambitious to run on a platform of 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 you know of equity and um and and access and innovation and progress but we we built a a platform and a in a in a very well thought out business plan for us soccer that i um was able to author with 25 amazing people across the game from world cup winners um, that you'll know on the men's and women's side down to uh, state administrators and referees and even the, the heads of the American outlaws. We had every voice in that room saying, this is what we see wrong with the game. And this is what we see right with it that we need to protect. Um, and, you know, I think in a big way, we, 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 for the first time created a paradigm shift where things are in place and people are in place that um, are capable of, of, of progressing the game in a positive direction. Did you, Kyle, did you, you and I obviously spoke during that time period because I mean, Lucas and David and, and to the audience, what you don't know is them. I mean, the amount of time and energy Kyle put into this, he, he left no stone unturned. He was going to every state association trying to get, you know, their vote and get their um, commitment towards his campaign. He was asking me about South Carolina at the time, which is the state that I, that I came from um, and had a, had a lot of connections to the youth game. Um, did you, were you just trying to be a disruptor, Kyle? Because you knew that the setup wasn't wasn't there for you to actually win it. Um, I would say initially, yes. Ostensibly, I was out to you know be the CEO or president of of a you know two hundred million dollar or three hundred million dollar um, organization. But really, I was there just to make sure we didn't that that Sunil didn't continue. And I don't mean Sunil um, as an attack personally. I, I have a relationship with Sunil. He's done some incredible things for the game. Um, he's also made some bad calls, bad decisions for the game. And like anyone, um, that that's that's unfortunately what happens when you're in a big chair with big decisions with an organization that goes from a, a garage band to playing, you know, stadiums, right? I mean, that 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 U.S. soccer changed that dramatically under his watch. Now he's responsible for some of the great parts of that, and and for not seeing some of the ways that it didn't modernize. And so I, I was there simply to say we need a democratic process. I mean, that was the first time anyone was challenging the president, right. which is remarkable to think about. Wow. So um, I was fed up because I saw no accountability and no one raising issues of consequence after the man, the men failed to qualify for the World Cup. I didn't hear anyone um, holding their hand up and saying we did this wrong. I didn't hear anyone pointing to the things that I really felt strongly needed our attention um, and decided to come into the election to, to bring focus on those, to create high level discourse around what I considered to be the issues of consequence. And started out, as you know, learning what I didn't know. And there was a lot about the game I, I had no idea about because I, I enjoy, I was, you know, I'm like a, a, a child king, right? Like all these professional athletes got to see the world as it was made for them, right? We didn't see who was left behind, why they were left behind, who never got a chance, who never got to that tryout. So um, I first just, just went across the country and listened to the stories that people had of, why they were struggling to get a coaching license, why they were struggling to get their kid um, identified, why they were struggling to pay the, the huge fee to keep their kid in the game, why they were struggling to get their kid access to even you know, the, the, the lower recreation levels. And so once I thought I, I had a good sense of what was going on, 
Um, I just really wanted to offer something that meant everyone else had to have a point of view on this and would all be measured, whoever wins going forward, on whether or not they lived up to what they said they would do in this seat. And so, um, you know, obviously it was pretty wild with how it all played out with Carlos Cordero not staying there long. But um, who's in the seat right now? Sidney Parlocone uh, it was a brilliant player, as, as Troy and I know, and we, we all watched her. She was one of the many players I idolized and thought was, was incredible. And she's very bright and doing an awesome job. And whether she runs again in a year or not, um, it's nice to see that we shook things up and there are people that are getting empowered in positions that can actually affect some change. And you mentioned, it seems like you're kind of focusing on the accountability and the accessibility as the two major points there. Do you feel as like those two things have improved since your run? Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, accountability for sure. I mean, look, 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 the the person that won that election is no longer in the seat because of accountability. And whether right. you think that was right or wrong is not it's not the point. The point is um, now we're able to get rid of the um, opacity that didn't allow us to see where things were breaking down and, and trace back from a diagnostic standpoint why failures happened at the top of the pyramid and why so many are locked out of the game at the bottom of the pyramid. And um no one was going to solve many of these problems in one cycle and two cycles. I mean, so, some of these things are going to take a very long time to solve. But I do believe, um, you know, I was with Brian McBride recently in Chicago, you know, who's the GM now on, on the men's side. I do believe there are people in the building that are a pain in the ass in the right way every day saying, you know, we, we, we have to solve problems that are big cans we've kicked down the road. And I see the largest problem or issue of consequence that we need to put attention towards as um, we, we have the greatest pool of athletes on the planet. Um, soccer is the greatest social justice vehicle and empowerment vehicle on the planet. Uh, we have the, the, some of the largest populations of at-risk youth in low-income communities that are locked out of sport and most affected by this pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, U.S. soccer as a nonprofit with the charter of, of being the representative of non-professional athletes, which is what the Stevens Act actually stands for and what it says they should do, I mean, they are not big enough to, to solve these problems for a country the size of Europe. But we can, we can um, unapologetically link competitive advantage in terms of winning World Cups on the men's side like we do for the women and continuing to win World Cups on the women's side with um, social mobility and justice and empowerment to use the resources and the credibility that that badge has to have it represent more than the people that can afford to get to the ID camps and make it onto the national team. Just brilliant stuff. I think we could talk to you for an hour and a half about this stuff, but we'd be remiss if we did not spend uh, a good chunk of time here talking about the over-under initiative, what it is, why you start it, what have you accomplished so far, and, and what do you want to accomplish in the future? Well, I'll kind of go back to what I what I was just saying. Um, I think that the incredible opportunity we have now is um, – ROI, ROI from a business standpoint or player development standpoint has never been more aligned with um, improving the, the, the life um, and, and empowering the community of millions of kids um, by, by giving them free, spontaneous, fun sports solutions. And so 
everything I'm doing right now is a Trojan horse to try to get the men to win a World Cup while I'm alive. Uh, <laughs> and, I don't, and I don't have to apologize for it because I think that concurrently while, while I hope for and design some of my solutions to, to lead us in that direction, um, the reason that will happen is because I believe at a molecular level, unlocking the game in the streets, unlocking the game the way it's accessed in the favelas of Brazil, the streets of Buenos Aires, um, it, our basketball community and our soccer community have a symbiosis and inertia that drives them towards one another, that they're the exact same sport, the exact same kids, the exact same culture. And the longer we can keep kids playing both of those, um, and this is not to discriminate against other sports, play as many as you possibly can, but the two greatest sports on the planet, two easiest sports to access on the planet, need the same space to play, both put a ball through a plane that sometimes has a net on it and sometimes doesn't in a in a in a, a north south directional strategy and i looked around the, the the country and saw one of the biggest access problems is the lack of facilities well why don't we just why don't i pretend to be smart and steal an idea from across the rest of the world in south america and europe where every basketball court has a soccer goal under the hoop now in those countries, they let them put a basketball hoop over their soccer goal, but I digress and we, we get where I'm going with that. And say the, the incredible inventory of 1800 basketball courts here in New York City, why don't I just go track 50 of them for a month and prove that they're not even be used for the one sport that they're meant for. Um, and then show them that I've got an idea to turn it into a street soccer court um, with a low cost retrofit solution that will solve the biggest problem we see, which is the highest percentage chance a kid will access and stay in sport is proximity to a facility. Well, that's not a hard problem to solve. So is, is accessibility in your mind the number one thing that we need to solve in American soccer? Yeah, so I mean, listen, there's no panacea, but accessibility solves all. And it sounds like a buzzword, but really all it means is um, we have a massive health crisis going on and a drop in participation across all sports year on year. Massive. I mean, childhood obesity, especially with Hispanic girls, um, quadrupling since the since the 80s. The, the thing that we need to realize is one of the problems is it's not fun anymore. And it's not fun because your parents screaming on the sideline. You're not playing with your best friend anymore. The stakes are so high. Um, the enjoyment's so low, and it's just driving kids in mass numbers out of sport. And there are two solutions that I think are the biggest instruments we have for our men to win a World Cup in our lifetime and for us to reverse this trend. Um, and I started over under initiative as a nonprofit to, to, to move things in this direction. One is to um, get kids to, to access sports sampling on the concrete and find easy ways to offer that on street corners all around these densely populated communities that need this. Um, and, then, and the next is combat this idea of hyper-specialization by showing that you can become the next Christian Pulisic, the next Alex Morgan, the next LeBron James, just like the dream was when we were younger and we believed in it, simply by going to the street corner and playing a game without a coach, without a ref, and, and without maybe even the amount of numbers you think you need to play this game, uh, don't wait for any of that before you fall in love with playing multiple sports. And then the subsidies and the other problems to keep these kids playing long, to, to educate and, and to license coaches and to get them the equipment, to get them on the grass fields playing the big game, 
I promise you we can solve those solutions, but if we don't solve the entry point of kids not enjoying playing sport and not being able to access it, you can throw all the subsidies you want up the pyramid. It's going to do nothing to move the needle. Incredible. I I almost feel guilty transitioning into the next thing we're going to talk about. This, it's such serious work you're doing, Kyle. It's it's incredible. And here I am. I'm going to make you play this ridiculous game. But I guess the one thing that makes it okay is that uh, should you be the winner of this game, uh, Dave and I are happily going to make a, a donation to the Over Under Initiative. Oh, so uh, given, given that you have indisputably the best hair in American soccer, we thought we have to do something around hair. Um, and then it just so happened that Troy, you know, shared a, a beautiful little gym that you come from a very musical family. And so I said, I've got it. Hair, music, 80s hair band lyrics. And so what uh, I've is I've, I've isolated out five passages from that great genre of music. I, I'm not going to read them to you in a sing song way because that would be a hint. I'm going to read too them to you as dryly and dramatically and drolly as I possibly can. If you can get the song name or the band, that counts as a win. So we need you to get three out of the five uh, to get the donation. Um, and spoiler alert, even if you lose, we'll still make the donation. <laughs> Are you ready? <laughs> Let's, do it. Let's do it. All right. We're going to go from easiest to hardest, unless you want to be crazy and go hardest to easiest. No, let's build some confidence. All right. All right. Here we go. She says, we've got to hold on to what we've got. Oh, it doesn't it. make a difference if we make it or not. We've got, we each, got other. each other. That's a lot for love. That's a lot for love. Come on, Charlie. You know, that video, by the way, of him, like, obviously on strings being lifted and, like, and thrown over the crowd. It's, it's like when bad sci fi still stands up. And so Bon Jovi will, will always go down. Ding, as one ding, of the greatest ding. Of all time. One, four, one. As Lucas said, the, Part of the spark of this game, as I said, I've I've literally seen uh, Martino weddings plural, and they all, as a family band, serenade one another, and, <laughs> and it's epic. Yep. And it came out right away. I, I'd like to point out that we asked Troy to read these, and he just was too cool for school. Uh, so, so Lucas has got it. Lucas. All right, you're one for one, Kmart. Let's keep it going. I don't know where I'm going, but I sure know where I've been. Hanging on the promises and songs of yesterday, and I've made up my mind, I ain't wasting no more time. Here I go again. Um, who is that? This is bonus points now. You got the song name, but I want to see if you can get it. Who is that? Um, I think I can provide an assist here. Is um, that's not that's not that's not poison, is it? Uh, who is it, Troy? I believe it's Aria Speedwagon. Um, it, it is not. It is not. You're both wrong. You both uh, brought White unspeakable snake? shame on your family. It is White Snake. Yes, oh. White Snake. All right. You're two for two, though. You're two for two. You get this next one. And I'm going to tell you right now, just because I like you. I've, uh, I've fallen in love with you a little bit during this podcast. This is, this is really where we're going to make our hay, man. This is, they this get hard here. We got to do it because number four and number five, pretty ridiculous. Okay. All right. Here we go. Swing into the drums, swing into guitar, swing into the bass in the back of my car. Ain't got no money, ain't got no gas, but we'll get where we're going if we swing real fast. Lucas, have you thought about ever being a slam poet? <laughs> yes, and I will only read 80s hairband lyrics at my desk. <laughs> um, isn't it amazing when like you hear it said like that, that someone wrote that on the page and was like, that's it. 
That's, that's, that's the greatest the lyrical work I'm ever going to do. Swing into the base in the back of my car, ain't got no money, ain't got no gas, but we'll get where we're going if we swing real fast. Um, is the, uh, I'm going to say, I'm just going to, now I'm just going to check out, check out bands. Um, Troy, Troy, you can assist. I mean, Ario Speedwagon kind of feels like a like a decent shout on this. It's 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 a shout, not not necessarily a, a decent one. Here, I'll give you one clue for you to yeah. get it. Uh, the name of the song is, is an American classic dessert. Um, God, the name of the song. It's mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Cherry. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, is it? Um. So it's cherry pie, but what? Who? Um. Is that? That's not Van Halen, is it? It is not. It is Warrant. Warrant. And, oh, Warrant. That's it. <laughs> and I, I'm not going to count that as cheating. I'm pretty sure you were just kind of trying to fill in the the sound. This is an audio production, and so we don't want to have tremendous amounts of dead air. It just so happened that what Dave filled the dead air with was was a very helpful little melody. I, I don't know what you were talking about. I was over here just he was just clearing his throat. Yeah. All right. So, so we've 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 won the 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 checks the check sign. You already won it, Kmart. Uh, now just for for people's entertainments, these two two ridiculous passages here. Now listen. Not a dime. I can't pay my rent. I can barely make it through the week. Saturday night, I'd like to make my girl, but right now, I can't make ends meet. <laughs> um, I have, I have no, I have no idea. So Might as well just try Ario Speedwagon. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, it is not Ario Speedwagon, but it is someone who's been mentioned. That is nothing but a good time by Poison. Oh yeah, Kyle, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure we went to an '80s New Year's Eve party in like '05 together. I want to say. Yeah. Uh, yes, it was Weird Science at um, <laughs> it was like two one three club or one eight two club or something or something like that. Well yep. done. Right on, right on King and Calhoun. I'm pretty right. sure it would be on the wall there. Well. <laughs> I think there may have been a glass table that shattered at one point, but I have nothing to do with that. Epic. All right. We're going to take it home with this one, and it's just a good opportunity for me to call you baby, Kmart. I can't tell you, baby, what went wrong. I can't make you feel what you felt so long ago. I'll let it show. I can't give you back what's been hurt. Heartaches come and go, and all that's left are the wounds I can't let go. Isn't that just a bunch of word salad? Like going back to your uh, point earlier, just slapping down words. You put a melody behind it, nobody notices. Sister Christian, uh, what? Um, wow, I don't know. I don't have it. Uh, Ariel, don't know what you got. That's don't know what you got by Cinderella. Uh, none of the answers were from Ario Speedwagon. For those of you playing at home, uh, if you guessed Ario Speedwagon, to, I was just about to Google some Ario Speedwagon lyrics and do a bonus. But I'm right. full on putting on Pandora Ario Speedwagon right when we get off this. <laughs> That's what you got to do, uh, Kyle Martino. We cannot thank you enough for your time for joining us. Where can people get more uh, information about the Over Under Initiative? 
Uh, yeah, playoui.org um, over on our initiative on social channels. And um, yeah, just go check it out. And, you know, we're, we're going across the country based on, I'll give you one little, one little amazing story. Anderson, South Carolina would never come on our radar as a first city we would go to. But um, this amazing guy, Brock, who is the head of the American Outlaws chapter, took it upon himself to say, I'm going to go get this city um, psyched about this. I'm going to find the right people. And this uh, summer, we are going to do a court in Anderson, South Carolina, that unlocked an entire park renovation that uh, got $80,000 in funding to give this community more than we were offering. So, wow. yeah, don't 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 wait for us. You know, go go start doing what you can to, to get the message out there. We'll see you in Albuquerque soon. Oh, yeah. I better be. I better be there soon. I can't wait for that. He's Kyle Martino. The website is playoui.org. Thank you again, sir, for your time. Take care. I've got, I've got a solid 10 minutes left, Troy. Um, you know, as long as you don't play me in a flat four, I mean, I, you know, get, you guys get me up top. I can give you seven minutes. Our, our owner is going to see this and he's, <laughs> he's going to now push me to sign you. Guys, thanks for having me. Kyle, thank you for being on, man. And, uh, you know, as, as these guys introduced you being legendary, I think that you went even beyond that status with just the, the knowledge that you picked today. And uh, and I hope it inspires everyone to, to really kind of make an impact in their local communities um, in any way they can through some of the information that you're talking about and get involved Thanks, in, in your uh, in your over-under initiative. Love Thanks, you, brother. Man. Appreciate it, man. Well, I love what you guys are building. Congrats to you guys. Thanks, Kyle. Thank Appreciate you, it. Kyle. Uh, Black and Yellow Nation, stay tuned. Uh, Coach David and I will be back right after the break to put a bow on this very first episode. For her. Para ellos. For them. For our families, we stay home. For our communities, we keep our distance. For our state and our fellow New Mexicans, we wear our masks. As New Mexicans, we're no strangers to hardship. Anytime something is put in our way, we prove that we can overcome it. The sacrifices that we make today will create a better tomorrow for all of New Mexico. Somos Unidos. Dave, if I could have half of Kyle Martino's good looks, half of his excellent brain when it comes to this game, I, I would just count myself lucky. What a guy, right? What what a guy. Um, I'll, I'll kick it over to you, but one more time, I have to thank Troy. Thank you so much for setting that up, Gaff. That was just unreal. And I think just looking at the comments, looking at the conversation that's happening right now, couldn't have been better. Dave, thoughts immediately after Kyle. Well, you say what a guy, and I agree wholeheartedly. What a, what an interview. Uh, what, a, what a first get for us. Thanks, Coach. Um, and what an initiative, the over-under initiative. I mean, that speaks to what we care about here in New Mexico, accessibility to the game, um, the the ability to provide this in a way that is accessible not just for, for a certain segment, but for, for every kid, every person. Um, and, you know, it, it's something as simple as putting a soccer net on a basketball court 
why aren't we doing this everywhere? It, it seems like an incredible initiative. And, and again, Kyle is, is a wonderful representative of it. Uh, but, but I love it. I, I, I love what he's fighting for. I love what he's doing. Um, and it's, we need to see more of that in, in the game in the U S and we're going to see that here. Aren't we coach? I mean, like, I know this is not exactly your direct purview. I know that, that coach Prince takes a lot of this. Um, but this has been at the core in the genetics of what we were going to do as a team. Since you interviewed from the first day to this day, right here, we are going to make our impact on the system. We are going to do something positive. So how do you, how do you see Kyle's initiatives, what he's doing, lining up with what we're going to do? And basically it's a selfish question in the near future. Am I going to get to hang out with Kyle while we work on a futsal club together? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you can't help but be inspired whenever you hear the way that Kyle talks about that so passionately. And, uh, and, and you're, you're both exactly right. That's, that's what we're trying to do as a club. We're trying to, trying to break down any barriers that that exist to access to our game and use our game as, as an agent to be positive change and create positive change for all New Mexicans. And, uh, you know, I think some of the things that he talks about that um, resonate with what we're going to be doing in the future is one, what we're, we're already doing with our youth academy, um, breaking down the, the financial barrier for our youth players. It's, it's not a pay to play model. We're trying to bring the best uh, New Mexican youth players that, uh, we can possibly bring out to, you know, help as aspire to the dreams that they may have. Um, and, and, you know, again, being able to take off the idea of them having to pay for it, uh, it just allows us more access to more players. And then, then you have, you know, the futsal court that you mentioned, I think that's something that's very much in the works. And I'm really excited about that because uh, again, putting that, the, the idea of proximity um, in a community is very important for inspiring young athletes to go and just play and just be creative and establish their own games without any coach telling them it has to be 4v4 with these rules. It's, it's up to you to create the rules. Um, and, you know, the last part, I love the idea about accountability. I mean, that's something that I think that we can all use as a reminder. And accountability comes in a lot of different ways. And, and you certainly, again, can use some of the some of the platforms that we have uh, that we've created at Mexico United um, to help hold our community at large more accountable to to inspire change ourselves. So, what an interview, um, man! Well done to you guys. What a first episode! It doesn't come off without your work. And excited to see the next guest. You, you got a tough one to top there. <laughs> well, that's that's thanks to you, uh, Dave. I'm going to kick it over to you here in, in a second as we wrap this up. Um, <clears throat> this being our first episode, we get to start all these new traditions. And so I think we always want to end our United sessions with like kind of looking back and saying like, what part of that episode stood out to you? Um, um, what was your favorite part? Uh, before we jump into that, Troy, I'm going to get your favorite part. Dave, I'm going to get your favorite part. Dave, just one more run through on, on the house cleaning stuff, just so everyone knows how they can support it. Because we know how you guys are. You're amazing and you want to support everything we do. So we want to make that super easy for you. We want to give you like a step-by-step. -step, how do you support this club? How do you support this production in the best way possible? Over to you, Dave. Yeah, and I... And you're, you hit the nail on the head, Lucas, and supporting local is what we do really well as a community. Um, that's important to us. It's in our blood as New Mexicans. And one of the things that we are doing as part of that is being a part of this incredible network, which is the Brellas Podcasters Guild. They're amazing. They're wonderful. Uh, they are here local, here in Brellas in Albuquerque. Um, and they're great. I mean, really, if, if you just want to break it down to just, you know, the ones and twos, I mean, they're just really helpful and, and, and really great. And it's great to be a part of it's wonderful facilities, wonderful people. Um, we're proud to be a member of the Brillas podcasters guild um, and, and support local creators. 
Absolutely. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want to be a part of this, if you watch this show, like I see Positive Energy Solar in the comments and Positive Energy Solar, man, give them a call if you want to talk about what being a partner of United looks like because it's just this incredible community, right? They take care of us. We take care of them. They support everything we do and we support everything they do. And that's that's what partnership looks like with United. We don't like to use terms like sponsorship. We don't like to use terms like that. But if you like what we're doing, if you support the the sort of content that we're putting out and the message that we're producing, definitely give us a call. Uh, that's 505-209-7529 or just shoot us an email at info at newmexicoutd.com. Dave, this is not just a live stream. Yes. How, how do they take it to the next level after we're done tonight? So selfishly, uh, if you rate, you subscribe, you review, it's super helpful for us. It gets the word out more. We are, again, this is the first episode, as you all know. Um, as we get this episode up on all of the podcast streaming spots, so that's Stitcher, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everywhere you get your podcasts, we're going to get that up here in the next few days. When that comes up, like, rate, subscribe would be super helpful. Again, it helps us get the word out, helps more people see and hear what we're doing. Um, and it's it's just... it's easier for us to get this good work out good word out again it's community first it's what we want to do um so that'll be again anywhere you get your podcasts uh spotify stitcher apple all that kind of stuff uh five stars from the curse for a lucas cash stan account absolutely (laughs) um but yeah that's super helpful and then uh super important as well support our friend manny esquivel somos super podcast he's He's so good you don't know how good he is yeah, he's the best. And if you're looking for your New Mexico United everything in Espanol, he's the spot. He live streams just like we do every week. Um, and then it goes up on all those same places. All right, guys, let's put a beautiful bow on this. Coach, what was your favorite part of the episode today? Uh, by far, the, the words that Kyle gave us about accountability, I, I wrote it down while he was speaking. And, um, you know, lack of accountability breeds apathy. And that's something that mm. we're trying to change in U.S. soccer uh, every day. And the way that we can do that here is obviously start with New Mexico United. Um, least favorite part was my fail on Aria the Speedwagon, but that's. <laughs> Which time? You, you threw up the alley-oop. You just threw it like 10 feet over the goal. You were going <laughs> for it. You were being unselfish. You, you just missed on it. Actually, that was kind of my favorite part. If I'm, if I'm <laughs> leaning into the Scheidenfrat a little bit, you were so confident on that assist coach, but, but you're the best. Uh, Dave, what was your favorite part? I loved the the Trojan horse comment from from Kyle, you know, talking about how, you know, all this work that I'm doing is really just a Trojan horse to get the men's national team to win a World Cup before I die. <laughs> Ultimately, you would like the initial thought of that is like, oh, well, that's not particularly, you know, helpful or anything. like. That. But if you really think about it, it, it is like that's incredibly like there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, no. that's we would all love to see the U.S. men's national team win a World Cup before we die. And in the process, let's go ahead and make our communities better. Let's make soccer and basketball more accessible for more people, for more kids, regardless of their income level. Let's uh, help with the obesity epidemic in America. That's like a win, 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 win. I, I love that. It was like a Mortal Kombat combination. What he did in that specific (laughs) segment of the interview was like a 17-hit combination. And I can even take it back a a, a few more. So my favorite part... Yeah, my favorite part was when he was absolutely obliterating Arsenal fans because so many of my favorite people on the face of this earth are Arsenal fans. Whether Get out of here. Dave, whether that's the beloved Jake, whether that's my guy Greg. Like, all of you guys are Arsenal fans. And for it, freaking Kyle Martino to put you guys in a DDT, uh, it was just – it was one of the most enjoyable moments, I think. Like, uh, 
Kick us but while we're really, down, man. Kick us while we're down. But really, here's what the favorite moment is. And, and I can think that my rating just got changed thanks to the curse being run by an <laughs> Arsenal fan. Uh, but here was my really favorite thing. Uh, the fact that you guys, that this community, that this organization once again came together and did everything they possibly could to make something a success, whether that's head coach and technical director Troy helping us out with booking, whether that's Dave coming up with last minute solutions to make this happen, or whether that's the hundreds of amazing comments I'm seeing strolling on that right uh, bar over there. Uh, just just the chance to be a part of it, right? Just to just to be here and experiencing it and seeing the sort of maiden voyage of a, of a new thing that we're doing. So um, there's not a lot more we can do at this point. Out of everything I've done to prepare up to this point, I don't think I came up with a, with a really, really spectacular ending. So I think our best bet is to just go with a tremendous thank you. Dave, I'll thank you every week for being mean to me on the Curse Cast to sort of start my media persona in United. Troy, for being unbelievably supportive, even when you probably shouldn't be. It might be at a detriment that you're being supportive of stuff like that. You still never <laughs> waver, and we're, we're so grateful for that and so excited to see what you do. And then the biggest thank you of all goes to every single person who took time out of this today. Or if you're taking time and downloading later and, and listening to us later in the week, um, we, we hope everything has been going spectacular for you. Dave, now's the time for you to pull some magic out of your hat. Like, how do we how do we do this with with a real pizzazz and a real bang? We will see you all next week. Same time, same place, new guests. Until then, somos unidos. We are united. <laughs>